0: Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Captain's Log Sermons. You'll be hearing Nathan preach not only at Liberty Grace Church, but also at surrounding churches. We hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you're blessed. Hey everyone, it's great to see you all on this beautiful Sunday evening. Uh, It's been a a little rainy uh, earlier today, but personally I really enjoy the rain, so it's been a, a beautiful day, and I'm so excited for for what we're going to be starting to talk about today, um, most of you will probably know that Elaine and I are living in Toronto. And we're living here in Liberty Village. We've been here for just over a week, which is kind of crazy that we've already already been here that long. Um, but since we've since we've been here, we've just been struck by how big Toronto is and how many people are in this city. I'm I'm sure for those of you who've lived here for a while that's old news and very familiar to you. But the city's a lot bigger than um, anything that Elaine or, or I uh, are used to. So it's it's been uh, pretty cool to see just how how big this city is. And one of the things that I've really appreciated since we've moved here is that right in front of where we've got our little um, our little office set up, actually right in front of where I'm sitting right now, we've got a big window that looks out onto uh, a bit of the Toronto skyline, you can see can see lots from here. And uh, each evening, I love just kind of looking out this window at, at the city. I love seeing all of the different buildings and um, especially at night with all the windows lit up and just thinking about how many people there are that live so incredibly close to, to where we are. As I do that, and I I look at all those windows, I I wonder how many of those people have never heard the gospel before, how many people there are so close who've never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. I think even of the building that Elaine and I are living in, there's probably more people that live in this one building than lived in our entire neighborhood in St. Catharines, and that's just one building in this one neighborhood in Toronto. And Honestly, that, that feels almost a little overwhelming at times, just thinking about how many people there are. But when, when I think about that, how many people are in this city who need to hear the gospel? It, it does make me really excited for the series that we're starting today, where we're gonna be spending the next number of weeks really focusing in on evangelism, on, on what it means to share our faith and, and how we go about sharing the gospel with others. And this is something that is so, so important for us as a church. Um, especially we're coming right out of a series where we've spent so many weeks now looking um, really in depth at the heart of Christ. And we've seen so many beautiful things about who Jesus is, about all that he's done. And so now in this series, um, one of the things we're going to be doing is asking the question, what now? Now that we've learned all of this, spent so much time learning about Christ, what do we do with what we've just learned? How do we respond to everything that we've seen over the past many weeks? Earlier this week, I was reading a little bit in a a course that Daryl sent me on evangelism. It was put together by Capitol Hill Baptist Church. And uh, in in the introduction to their course on evangelism, I read a line that I think really, really stuck out to me. And this is what it said, that the Bible is very clear that we're accountable for what we know. And their goal with that statement was to say that their, their course, it wasn't meant to just be learning for learning's sake. It was something that they wanted people to put into practice. Um, they, they wanted this course to train people to go in and to share the gospel so that people would actually go and share the gospel with others. They wanted people who, who went through this course to then do something with what they would learned. And I think the same is, is true for us that we are accountable for what we know. We're accountable for what we've learned in scripture and what we do with that. So we've spent so much time looking at the heart of Christ. We've been, we've been so amazed by who he is. And so the question for each one of us and, and the question for us as a church is what are we going to do next and how are we going to respond to that? Because we, we have a responsibility now to do something with what we've learned. And so the, the title of the series that we're starting into today is Too Good Not to Share. And, and that's really such a fitting, um, a fitting title for what we're going to be talking about. Because really, once, once you're confronted with how great Christ is and, and all that he's done, that really is something that is too good not to share. Um, and I, I really want us as a church to approach this series in the same way that Capitol Hill approached their evangelism course. That we're not just talking about evangelism here for, for the sake of talking about it or, or learning more about it. Our heart really is that we as a church would, would be equipped and challenged to actually go and share the gospel with people. And that we would respond by by doing just that, going out and sharing the gospel. And so to, to start off our series, we're going to be looking at one of the, the most well-known. Passages uh, that deals with evangelism, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verses eighteen to twenty, which is um, also called the Great Commission. This is a a very famous command that Jesus gives right at the end of Matthew's Gospel, and this is this is taking place not long after Jesus' resurrection. Um, David read for us a little bit of the context for this, that Jesus meets with his disciples on on a mountain. They're worshiping him. Um, and here he, he gives them this one, this one instruction, knowing that soon he's going to be leaving them and, and going back to the Father. He commissions his followers to go and to do something with everything that he's taught them and to, to do something with everything that's been revealed to them. And this commissioning that, that he gives uh, to his disciples, this is something that is um, just as important for you and I as it was for, for them and this entire passage, it really hinges around verse 19 and the beginning of verse 20, where Jesus actually lays out what it is that he's calling us to do. He, he really gives us the, the mission. And look at what he says in these verses. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so that right there really is the, the mission that Jesus gives to everyone who follows him. And, and there's a number of different parts to what he's calling us to do there. He, he begins by telling us to go and to make disciples. And, and he starts with that word, go. He's instructing us to be the ones who really are, are taking the initiative here. He's not calling us to just sit and wait for people to come to us so that we can share the gospel. He commands us to be the ones to take action, to to go to where people are and make disciples. And so we as a church, we're not called to to just sit and wait for people to come hoping that they're going to want to hear about Jesus. We're called to be actively engaging with the world around us um, and, and actively engaging with our community by getting to know our neighbors, by talking with the the people that we work with, actively looking for opportunities for us to share the gospel. Jesus has commanded us to go to people and make disciples, to take initiative in this. And the second part of that is to make disciples. And I think Leon Morris writes a a really helpful comment on what is actually meant by that word disciple. Um, This is what he says. In this gospel, a disciple is both a learner and a follower. A disciple takes Jesus as his teacher and learns from him. And a disciple also follows Jesus. So essentially what Jesus is telling his disciples to do here is to go and to reproduce themselves. When when Jesus called them, he he called his followers to leave their own or their old lives behind, to come and to follow him. They For many years, they were his followers, his, his friends and his students. They lived with him. They learned from him. And he's telling them to call people into that same kind of life. Not that he's sending his disciples out to go and and gather disciples for themselves, people to to follow them. But rather, he's telling his disciples to invite others to join them as followers and learners of Jesus Christ. And so in, in this verse, Jesus is calling us to call people into the same kind of life that we have found in him. But it doesn't just stop there with with going and making disciples, calling people to be followers and learners of Christ. Jesus continues, and and he commands his followers to baptize those disciples in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this verse is one of the reasons that we as a church see baptism as, as so, so important once someone has come to faith in Christ, because Jesus himself commands it right here in this verse. He takes for granted that once a person has, has given their life to him as, and committed to be one of his disciples, that baptism is the next logical step in that process. That uh, those who follow him will, will publicly identify as one of his disciples through, through baptism, identifying with, with his death and his resurrection in the waters of baptism. And so those who've really given their life to Christ, they're called to, to live in obedience to Him in this, um, to, to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if, if you're someone who, who is a follower of Christ and you've never taken that step of, of baptism, I, I, I would encourage you and challenge you to really consider this, to really consider this verse and what Jesus is calling us to do here. Um, to to consider taking that step of obedience in baptism, and if, if that's something that you would be be interested in or or want to know more about, I I would encourage you to um, reach out to to Daryl or or myself because we'd love to chat with you a little bit more about um, how how that could look. Yeah. Um, but Jesus then calls uh, calls his followers to teach people to observe and obey God's commands. So they're they're called to go and make disciples, to to baptize those disciples, and then to teach them to observe all that he has commanded. And so there's there's a lasting involvement that's implied here. Jesus he's not just giving a like a, a one and done model for evangelism. Where you have one conversation with with someone, you pray a prayer with them, and then sort of leave them to figure everything out on their own. And what he what he's talking about here is Taking time to teach people what it means to follow him, what it means to be a, a disciple, a follower of him, and teaching them what it means to live in obedience to his commands. This is something I think you see especially lived out in the life of Paul. Whenever he would visit a new city and and plant a new church, he he wouldn't just arrive one day, preach a sermon, and then leave the next. He would sometimes spend years in a city working with a church, getting to know the people and, and teaching them what it meant to follow Jesus. And even after he left, the New Testament is full of Paul's letters that he's written to, to churches, continuing to give them that instruction and teaching even after he's left. There's that that lasting involvement there. When we share the gospel, when we see people um, trust in Christ, there is a responsibility that we have to, to continue Teaching them to observe all that Christ has commanded. And so maybe, maybe that means inviting them to, to come out to church, to, to join in our Zoom call or, or bring them out to grace group. Maybe that means uh, committing to to meet with them once, once a week, once every other week, to to work through a Bible study and and teach them that way. But to live out this mission, it it requires that. We, we actually take that time to continue teaching people. Our, our job isn't done. Our calling doesn't end once we've seen people trust in Christ. And I want to take a moment to point out that there's an assumption that Jesus is making here in this command that he's giving to, to his followers, that to live out this mission, to live out this great commission that he's giving to, to call people to be disciples. It requires that we ourselves are living that life as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we've committed our own lives to, to be followers of Christ, to learn from him, to follow him and live in obedience to his commandments. If we want to call people in into this kind of life, we have to first be committed to, to living this life ourselves, living as Christ's disciples. It's, it's pretty difficult to call people to live a life that we're not willing to live ourselves. So if we, if we want to truly live out this commission to call people to be Christ's disciples, we first have to be living as disciples ourselves. And this great commission that Jesus gives, it's, it's one that we really want to be living out as a church we we want the heart of our church to be one that's characterized by the desire to share the gospel with those who are around us to see others becoming followers and disciples of jesus christ but jesus doesn't stop in this passage with just telling us what to do this mission that he gives us it's it's between two promises two assurances that jesus gives he he gives us both the motive and the method for what he's called us to do here. And so beginning with the motive, at the beginning of verse 19, we, we see the word, therefore. And so there's this verse, this great commission that Christ has given, it's a continuation of something that he's already been saying. When he says to us, go, therefore, what he's saying is, because of this, go. And so if we want to, to understand the motive and, and why we're called, to, to go and make disciples, we, we have to go back a little bit into verse 18, where Jesus will explain what our motive is for this. And look what he says in verse 18. So then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so Jesus tells his disciples that he, he's been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and because of that, they are called to go and to make disciples. And again, that that connects to the idea that Jesus' disciples, as well as we ourselves, we're accountable for what we have learned about Christ. We're we're accountable for what we know. If you look at everything that we've seen about Christ in the past number of weeks, everything that he's taught his disciples when he was in the upper room with them, and everything that he revealed about himself through his death and his resurrection, Jesus revealed himself as God, as the ultimate king and ruler over all creation, who who had power and authority even over death. And yet still he made himself a servant, offering himself as our savior, taking, uh, taking a death on himself that he didn't deserve so that we could have a relationship with God. Isn't that something that's too good not to share? That's something that we just can't keep to ourselves. When, when we understand that, if we believe that that's true, that is something that we, we just can't keep to ourselves. When Jesus tells us to, to make disciples, this is the message that he's calling us to share with them. This, this is the gospel, the truth of how great Jesus is, of, of how amazing his love is for us. And it's that love and, and that authority of Jesus Christ um, that, that motivates us. That motivates us to to go and to make disciples. Now, our goal in that really is to give glory to Christ as our King, and to call others to do the same. You know, when I was at Heritage, one of the lines that I heard a number of times in our theology class is that our our theology should lead us to doxology, and, and what that meant is that as we learn more about God, as we learn more about who he was, it should cause us to worship him more. As we learn more about him, we should be more and more amazed and worship him all the more because of what we've learned about him. And the same is true here. As we've learned about Christ, the more we learn about him, the more that should motivate us to live out this great commission because of who Christ is because of what he's done. That is what motivates us to to call others into this life of living as disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, let us as a church commit to going and making disciples, sharing this amazing news of, of what Jesus has done with the city of Toronto and with the world. Now I, I don't know I don't know about you but when I think when I think about that it, it seems like an insurmountable task sometimes again looking looking out this window and seeing just how many people are out there thinking even about just how many people are are here in Liberty Village in this one small community it, it seems so overwhelming to think about carrying out the this mission that Christ has given us to go and and to make disciples when you think about just how many people are lost. And so how exactly are we meant to do this? How are we able to go and to make disciples? Well, Jesus ends this great commission in the second half of verse 20 with a wonder, with these wonderful words of promise and reassurance. He, he gives us hope for how we're going to be able to carry out this mission that he's given us. Look at what he says. These are his final words in in Matthew's gospel. This is what he says. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gives us this amazing promise that as we're we're carrying out this mission that he's given us, we're never doing it alone. Again, Leon Morris writes that the disciple is not going to be left to serve God as well as he can in light of what he's learned from the things Jesus has commanded. The disciple will find that he has a great companion as he goes on his way through life. That is such such a great promise, such a a great assurance for us that Christ doesn't expect us to to undertake this mission on on our own or, or to do this by our own strength. Rather, he promises to be with us, to help us carry out the mission that he's given us. I think this is, this is something that, again, the Apostle Paul really understood um, when, when you look at his words in the book of Philippians. In chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, he says this, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. These words from Paul, they're, they're so significant because he, he wrote them while he was in prison for sharing the gospel. Paul was one of the greatest examples that we have in all of history of someone who really lived out this great commission. And yet because of that, he faced constant trouble and challenge. He, he more than once ended up at, at the center of riots. He was rejected and, and thrown out of different towns. People tried to kill him on a number of occasions. And many times he was imprisoned for what he was doing. But in these verses, we, we see that no matter what he's faced, and no matter what challenges come his way as he is living out the mission that Christ has given him, living in obedience to Christ, he knows that Christ is the one who's giving him strength to continue following him. He understands that he he is not doing this on his own strength and he is not alone as he is following Christ no matter what he faces. So that that really is the, the method, the way that we're able to live out this great commission that Jesus has given us, that we know that he's with us, that we know that we're not doing this alone. He's giving us the strength that we need to live in obedience to him. This can also be such a great encouragement because we know that this this great commission to go and make disciples, it doesn't just rest on our shoulders alone. It's not just us against the world. As we, as we engage with the world, as we, as we go and we share the message of the gospel, whether people accept this message or reject it, we can be comforted knowing that we're not doing this alone, but with Christ who's promised that he will always be with us. And that's such a great thing. And so as you think about engaging with our, with our community, with, as you think about sharing the gospel with the world around you, spend time in prayer that God would be giving you the strength that you need, that he would open up doors and, and opportunities for you to have conversations with people to, to share the gospel, that as you're having those conversations, that he would give you wisdom in how to have them well, that he would give you the words to speak. Because when you're sharing the gospel, you're not doing it alone. Christ has promised that he is with you. And so in in these few verses, Jesus has answered that what now question. He's given such clear instructions on what we're called to do with everything that we've learned about him. He's given us the, the mission, the motive, and the method for this. And going back to the, the course that I mentioned from Capitol Hill, another one of their lines that really stuck out to me was they said, this course is intended to be put into practice. And I would say the same for us as a church, that the gospel, the, the great commission, it's intended to be put into practice in our lives and in our church. So what is our mission as a church? When, when you go on uh, our website, on, on Liberty Grace. One of the first things you see is these words that say introducing Liberty Village to the beauty of a relationship with Jesus. That's our heart and our mission as a church, that we would introduce our community to Jesus Christ and invite them into a relationship with him. That we as a church would live out this great commission. We want to see our community and our city transformed with the truth. Of the gospel. And the way that we're able to do that is by living out these words that Jesus has spoken here at the end of Matthew. Taking Jesus' words and, and living them out in our own lives. We have to be committed as a church to, to reproducing ourselves, to making disciples, inviting people to be followers and learners of Jesus because of the great truths that he has revealed about himself in his Word doing it through his strength, remembering that he promised to be with us to the very end of the age. And it's been mentioned a, a number of times that our church has a goal to, to start with just reaching 1% of Liberty Village, to begin by seeing 100 people becoming disciples of Jesus Christ, putting their faith in him. And again, the way that we will see that happen is by living out this great commission that Christ has given. In the, the next number of weeks, as we continue in this series, we're we're going to continue to talk more and more about what it actually looks like to to have those conversations and to share um, share the gospel with those around us. And we'll we'll share some practical tools on on how you can be how you can be doing that. But today, the the goal really is to understand why we do this and why it matters so much, because this. Is what Christ has has called, and this is what He has commanded us to do as a church. And so, the, our our main takeaway from this, from from this beautiful passage of Scripture, is this: that Jesus has called us as a church to live out this great commission, to go and make disciples with His help and for His glory. God, I I pray that you would help us to live out this mission that you've given us. God, that over these next number of weeks as we continue to look at evangelism about what it means to share our faith, Lord, that uh, you you would equip us, that we would be challenged to to live this out, God, to to go and to share the gospel with those around us. Lord, I, I pray that you would open doors and, and give us opportunities, even in the midst of COVID when it seems so diffi- difficult to connect with anyone. Lord, that you would open doors and you would give us the, the courage to have those conversations, even when they're difficult. Lord, that we would remember this great promise that you will be with us to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. God, I, I pray that we as a church would see people come to faith in you, that we would see people become your disciples. Lord, that we would, um, that we as a church would be able to, to live out that mission of, of reaching 1% of Liberty Village with the gospel and, and even more than that, God. And that all of this would be done for, for your glory, God, because this is what you have commanded us to do. Help us as a church to live in obedience to you in this way. We pray this in your name. Amen thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope that this was an encouragement to you. As always, if you want to know more about us and our ministry, feel free to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or go to our website. Thanks so much and see you next time.